So it's like the French is like, Silas, I love you. I need you, Silas. Give me the beast. Hey, maniacs. Oh, sorry. I were out with my trees laying smudge. Hey, maniacs. <laughs> laying smudge. You not with the bees? <laughs> hey, maniacs. Sorry, I was... I was uh, Deep in character. I was channeling smudge pot for a second. Is that, is that like your job is your name? Is that some nominal occupational determinism there? If that's the case, then some of these people need new names. <laughs> <laughs> and what does Wilberforce do? I don't What's know. his job? He has the force of Wilbur. Wilbur's a pig. Wilbur. Hey, Maniacs. Hey, it's Midsummer Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into the episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. But not the mystery in this episode, because guess what? We know immediately who did it. The guy who's creepy and obnoxious? Yes. Yes. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. If you let your kids do nothing like the children are expected to do in this episode, they're free to listen to the podcast. If they don't run around in antlers, don't give them any ideas. The hats. The Oh, jeez. We'll get there. It's just so bad. Because today we are talking about season 14, episode 6, Night of the Stag. Yes, which wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I built it up in my head to be worse than it is. It's still horrible. That's because you're a man. Oh. As a woman, oh. it is terrifying. It is still horrific. Okay. Terrifying. Filmed in May and June of 2011. Broadcast the 12th of October 2011. So it was like a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. 6.04 million views. Directed by Simon Langdon. Written by Nicholas Martin. We're in Midsummer Abbas. 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 It sounds like you got a, a numb lip. Yep. Like when you come home from the dentist. Midsummer Abbas. And Hearn. Yes. It's a dual village episode. Yes. With a hill in between. A, a, a magical frost killing hill. That is either easy to walk or Himalayan. There's nothing in between. Nothing in between. Peter Slim, who is Slim Shady throughout all my notes. <laughs> Because he's the shady revenue guy. First of all, he's a revenue man, so he's going to get killed right away. Obviously. Clearly. This this episode does not happen in the same geographical area that every other Midsummer happens. No, it does not. It moved to Yorkshire for some reason. Some reason. There's a bunch of OR guys in this episode, and that's not a Midsummer accent. No, it's not. They all sound like Phil Harding from Time Team. They do, and... Or Deliverance, like there needs to be some banjo music. Yeah, it has kind of a banjo feel to Mm -hmm. it. Again, with no mystery. None at all. However, this is, I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, the first, but not the last, episode of Midsummer where a body is in a vat of alcohol and people drink it. I think it's the first, but not the last. Mm -hmm. This is also not the first multiple murderers. Because really, we have multiple murderers here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Last week we had multiple murderers. Yes. And the kids are multiple murderers. Yeah. But... But this is really just a gang of hooligans. Thugs. Thugs. Hooligans are fun. These guys are thugs. They're also the worst criminals ever. Yes. Okay. How am I going to stalk and kill this person in a way that draws no attention to me? I know. I'll have horns... dogs (laughs) and then a tractor everybody in the village would know what was going on i find it incredibly convenient that they just happened to chase him right into the orchard where the tractor happened to be parked and ready to go with the shaker shaking a shaking a all this x-files lighting in the forest it is though i think the most immediately kind of visceral Murder method. I, would, I can't imagine what it's like to be stabbed or shot, but I can certainly imagine what it's like and to be shake. What it's like to be shaken like that. It's just horrific. I've been on a bad roller coaster. I know what that feels like. Okay, I may have watched a number of tree shaking videos today, mm-hmm. <laughs> and while watching any of those videos, I was 
horrified as to what how that would feel like. like yeah and obviously like this whole episode somebody saw one of those machines in action and they were like oh yeah built the whole episode around it you so you looked into the tree shakers right yeah before we get too far into this i think it makes sense to know those are real machines yes they do exist they're used for all kinds of crops from olives to almonds to apples to cherries they, they sometimes are unfortunately called nut shakers, too. Well, that's when they're for almonds and pecans yes. and yep. stuff like that. And they are well worth looking up on YouTube. They are fancy contrivances. The one I saw today, not only did it have the arm that shakes, but it had this tarp that rolled out from a conveyor belt that you lay under the tree. It's shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them. And then it rolls it up and, w- and that feeds the fruit from the tarp onto the conveyor belt. Yeah. The- it was fancy the the shaker they have here is kind of a low grade model mm-hmm. did you see any of the manual shakers is that just somebody walking up and hugging a tree and shaking it no what you do is you put because uh, ro- i've done that before you put a rope around the tree and one guy stands at one end the other guy stands at the other and, and they and shake you it play That's tug of war with a how tree they used to do it that makes sense. But it hurt the tree. <laughs> well, I would think the shakers are probably kind of damaging to the tree, too. No, it, apparently they're the cat's meow. Uh-huh. and It th- beats climbing a tree. It is difficult to find a price for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> More than you can afford, yeah. Mark. You're not going to go getting a tree shaker for fun. Then we get to go to the, strangest the May Day thing. Spring fun day ever. If I lived in Midsummer Abbess, where I knew somewhere in the mist is Reverend Norman Grigor, I don't think I would hold any public events. Because you know he's going to pop up like a weasel. Okay, the only thing pops up for Grigor, <laughs> he's a fornicator. <laughs> he has... But he doesn't enjoy ev- it. Every scene I counted... <laughs> There are 10 children. Well, he says only six are his. Yeah. So there must be another family. We don't see another man. I don't know. Maybe he's got two wives. There's a lot of children. There are. But they're not all kids. Some of them are more grown up than that. Uh, there's 11 In people. their gray cardigans. And it's creepy. Uh, and he's they belong else. to the cult of the red herring. And they just pull up and start singing. La, 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 la. They're temperance songs. Yes. Which are real things. Yes. Because, you know, the temperance movement. In America, we know about it because it was before America decided to be dry for a little bit. Yeah. How'd that work? Not well. The temperance movement, of course, they wanted to outlaw alcohol, and it was largely a Christian movement. And it's most famous for lips that touch liquor will never touch mine. Yes. Right? That was this well-known slogan. And we've seen this in a bunch of different shows. It shows up in Poirot and shows up in Murdoch. Yeah, because there's different periods of time where different countries yeah. have decided to to go dry. And then there are always temperance movements even when it's not a national policy or anything like yes. that. But of course, anything that gets people riled up inspires parodies. Yes. So <laughs> There are responses to this. There are lots. I looked up lots. I looked up songs about temperance, right? So you're telling me that groups of people went to bars and sang songs. About drinking. About drinking to drunken people. Yes. And they responded with songs? Yes. Of course they did. Of course there's the, but Molly, what about the baby? Or daddy's drunk so mommy's a prostitute there are those kinds of songs the poor sad songs you know that are pro-temperance but then there's the parody song of the temperance union okay lay it on us (laughs) the temperance union which were anti-temperance people okay (laughs) it's a long song i'm showing you this sheet whoa it's got lots of verses because it's that much fun i'm just gonna read a couple to you okay okay we never eat fruitcake because it has rum, and one little slice puts a man on the bum. Oh, you can imagine the pitiful plight of a man eating fruitcake until he gets tight. Wow. A man How much who eats fruitcake f- would you have to eat to get tight? Fruitcake can have a lot of liquor on it. It can. It can. A man who eats fruitcake lives a terrible life. He, he's mean to his children and beats on his wife. A man who eats fruitcake dies a terrible death with the odor of raisins and rum on his breath. Raisins and rum! 
Here's another one for you. We never drink milkshakes because they're made with malt. One little slurp makes your brain somersault. Oh, can you be- imagine behavior so rash as bar top gymnastics with a frothy mustache? <laughs> this one is my favorite. Though, okay. okay. This is the last one. It's my favorite. Okay. We never play jump rope because jumpers take hops. Hops like in beer. Right? Yes. And once they start hopping, they hops till they drops. This vile degradation starts out as a game, and grammar school innocence turns into shame. Whoa. <laughs> there are also verses about, well, we don't drink water because water goes into gin. Yeah. So it's practically gin. It's pra- practically. And we can't eat peaches because they can ferment, or plum pudding. You can't have a back rub because they used to use this alcohol back rub, liniment for muscles. That's bad. You can't eat cornflakes because they have malt. You can't dance the Morris dance because nobody can dance it without being drunk first, so it's right out. You can't drink coffee because it's always got Irish whiskey in it. It's just really, I mean, you just can't live. Where are the Morris dancers in this episode? We should have some. The horn dance is a modified Morris dance. Yes, that's true. That's true, it is. But before that, there's maypole dancing. Yes, so there is lots of maypole dancing. I noticed... I watched them specifically. Those little girls get more tired and disinterested <laughs> in the maypole dance. And then all of a sudden they get drug away from the, it. The last couple of shots of them, they're like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. It is. They got to go under and over and under and over. And they got to do that until the whole pole is, is covered. Beribboned. Beribboned. And then, and this is a question I've always wondered every time I see maypole dancing, how do they get the ribbons off the pole? You go back out. They have to go back and yep. dance it in reverse. They do. So when they cover the pole, they're only half done. Yes. It's nutsy bobo. <laughs> I found, um, gosh, we're not even into the plot of this episode because there's so many weird things. I found a scholarly article published in an academic journal. Of May, about maypole dancing. And when I noticed it was in a mathematical education journal, oh. I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> it's not a folklore or dance or nope. song. Nope. No, it was math. So this math teacher shows kids how to do the maypole dance, right? Yeah. And then they analyze the weaving pattern of the ribbon. Okay. And look at the color placement. Okay. And figure out, oh, we dance like this, and so it's... The pattern appears like that, right? Yeah. And then this teacher gives the kids a grid that has a different pattern on it and says, work out the dance to make that. Oh, my gosh. And that there's would... math that will tell you how to do it. That would be so hard. It looks really hard. Wow. It's like friendship bracelets on crack. <laughs> and, okay. Math... And then they got to do it to see if they're right. Math in school has a... a... A bit of a problem already of being not practical enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was floored by that. Like, wow, that is super creative. <laughs> like, teach maypole dancing and math at the same time. So we have temperance, maypole, stags, and cider. Yes. One Sweet thing- cider and rough cider. Yes. So sweet and rough are just generally sort of different levels of alcohol to it, right? More rough is more alcohol. Really? Yeah. Oh. And they're actually what I from what I read, they're mostly American terms. I tried to because we do our research separately. I tried to find out the difference between sweet and rough ciders. And I'm with you. It looked like the rough cider was kind of cloudy. Yep. The sweet cider looks more like apple juice. But everything I read said rough cider is made from, quote, unselected apples. You are unselected. You're not wanted. The unwanted apples. You know what it means? What? It's the leftover apples. So the apples that are not good enough or pretty enough to sell as apples are used in rough cider. So really, rough apples are used in rough cider. Oh, Okay. And it's not just one type of apple. It's like whatever you can find yep. from the ground or your neighbor's yard, whatever. The The other thing that constantly kept showing up was scrumpy, which is, of course, I, I think it might be a little intentional that they talk about it here because of John Barnaby's If past. you know that rough cider is also scrumpy, then you know that... 
Yes, that the the previous time that we saw John Barnaby in the ink pens. Yes, he, he was, was making scrumpy. But he wanting, was a gardener then. He was wanting rumpy pumpy, but only had scrumpy. scrumpy. <laughs> yes, you got it. But then he says an interesting thing about a dead rat. Yeah, because they talk about how you need yeast and sugar, right, to make alcohol. Yep. And that a little bit of protein can kickstart that process. So what it does is boost the nutrient levels and the acid solely breaks down the meat and releases amino acids. But why a rat? Put a piece of bologna in there or okay. some cheese or something. It was originally a piece of beef or mutton. Okay. That makes sense. That's better. But when beef and mutton were luxuries, you held... A dead rat above the vat or threw a dead rat in. I don't even want cider that's had a dead rat above it. I don't either. But man, do, do people start getting sick? It's Barfapalooza at oh May Day. Oh my, my gosh, there is a lot of barfing <laughs> in this episode. I think, even if it didn't make you sick, I think knowing that I drink cider that was in the vat with a rotting body would make me sick. The thought of it makes me feel a little sick. I have Barnaby Yarps. Lots of yarping. Oh, there's a candy floss stand. <laughs> well, and so Gregor and and his minions of gray people. The, okay, he has up. the best line ever because <laughs> he says, "Your corrupting excretions." <laughs> Devil's vile spit. His corrupting excretions. He's a fornicator to boot. If liquor is the devil's spit. What are his other bodily fluids? I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know? You don't want to know that candy floss is a devilish excretion too? No, okay. I don't. <laughs> so the idea is back in the day, 1317, just a long time ago. Yes. There was a frost and the people of Midsummer, Midsummer Abababas. Yes. Were... They had starving. a bad harvest because their apples got killed before they could grow. And the people of Midsummer Hearn helped them out. Yes. And so now the poor publican of Midsummer Hearn has to wield that giant box of apples for like five minutes. <laughs> like that dude's going to get a hernia. No Put it wonder down. he has trouble getting up the hill later <laughs> Put it down. Put it down. And then and, Barnaby Arps. And and since then they have had this May Day festival. They're like sister villages or whatever. But Peter Slim, Fat Boy Slim, Slim Shady is dead in the vat. And then Kate comes along. Yes. Gets the body, puts it on the gurney, puts the green blanket on it, belts it all down, rolls it outside, and uncovers his face for no reason whatsoever. No. Just so the locals can get a look. Yep. Then we find out that. The cider is not the only alcohol in Midsummer Abbey. No, there's the beast. The local hooch. The beast. Well, first of all, we're on the search for a giant. A 40-foot giant. Well, it makes sense that the hooch is made by Silas Trout. Because he is a giant. He is a big man. <laughs> he is a big dude. Did you notice that his hooch barn out his still doesn't even have a door on it? Okay. It's, it's set up like a public bathroom. Like, there's the little hallway outside so you can't see straight in but there's no door okay there is a problem with that area okay with the still how do you make hooch with a still fire yeah yeah fire in that place would be very it is bad. made of firewood so <laughs> that would be bad and you definitely wouldn't just leave it cooking and walk away no 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 no, no. yeah so so slim shady had shaken baby syndrome basically yeah. Yes. His neck was broken in all kinds of places. And then he ends up in the cider. Yes. All because Sam Creepy Quested wants to frame Frenchie. Yes. A.K.A. Devereaux. Who the owns French. the press. <laughs> the French. Esme is upset. Because she's married to Peter. Yeah. But like, nobody knows. I'd be wondering where my husband was. Why doesn't she just go away with Peter? I don't know. They have no reason not to go away. And have you ever seen a mother and daughter more different than Chloe and Esme? We will get to She Chloe. is adopted, okay? <laughs> Chloe is trash with a capital T. <laughs> she needs advice from George's sister about how to make dogs stop barking. Because yes. she screamed, shut up! 
up and they don't. Yeah. So Barnaby goes home and there is this weird scene where they play jazz music while Barnaby barfs and we look at Sykes. Yes. It's so It's a little montage that shows you he's been sick for a long time. And then he comes out and he still has his tie on. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, personally, the first yarp I do, I'm taking the tie off. Just like a woman would put her hair up if her hair's long enough. You get your hair out of your face and you don't let your tie go in the bowl. And Sarah immediately is like, did you get drunk? Yeah. Are you drunk? It's like, no, I drank corpse cider. And she doesn't even react. She's like, oh, anyway, can you feed the dog? Because you're married to a Barnaby, that's what you get, right? Yeah. Barnaby goes to see... Byron Street, the B-Man. Yes. Who has an eye patch for no reason. But it's fantastic. But he's awesome. He's awesome. And he's got bees. Yes. And he says that he's going to kill one of the queens. Yes. Because she's moody and she makes the bees moody? I, I guess. This is another example of men not understanding women in this episode. Well... I'm not going to correct that because bees are mysterious. They are. <laughs> I'm afraid of bees. I know there's a lady on TikTok right now who just holds them and moves them and shows that they're not scary, but they're scary to me. Yeah. But do you know what happens when you kill the queen in a hive? What? Do you know? No, I don't. Do you know how they get a new queen? No. So when the queen is alive, yeah. she puts off a pheromone that prevents all the other female bees from ovulating. Okay. When she's dead, that stops. Oh. So the other bees start... Laying eggs, laying larvae. Okay. And some of them are special, and they become queens. So basically, queen bees put off birth control, environmental birth control. Okay. (laughs) Which is weird. Yes. So... Though this town needs some male birth control. Oh, man. So they, they make these special cells for the queen larvae, right? And they make more than one. Yeah. And then... All of those potential queens hatch and grow, and then they leave and have a nuptial flight, they call it. Okay. Where they mate with some male and come back, and then they fight. And the one that lives is the queen. So it's really like this episode. Kind of. They call it, well, they say they, say they kill the other, vir- they kill the virgin queens. Oh. But Ugh. this is the part that I really liked. Okay. okay. So if there's only one queen, she mates, she comes back to the hive. And if her mother, because sometimes they do this when the queen is old. Yeah. So the queen's still alive, but they make a new queen. And if, if that happens and the new queen comes back to the hive and her mother, they're all related, yeah. is still alive, she will kill her. Oh. And it's called supersedure. Wow. It's not a procedure. It's a super seizure when you kill the queen. Sounds nasty. Nasty. Yes. And then she is large and in charge. Excellent. From then on. That's what happens when you take out the queen. Nuptial flights, virgin killing, super seizure. We're led to believe that this revenue man has been here for weeks. Yeah. He's married Esme. He's been there. He's not local. Nope. But he's been there long enough to fall in love with Esme and them, them to get married like three weeks ago. So he's got to be there longer than three weeks or they didn't get married on the day they met. And he has been hot on the trail of this beast still. Which Gregor finds in five minutes. So does Jones. Jones also finds it in They five just minutes. follow Silas. They follow <laughs> Man Mountain to his still. What do you know? There it is. Did you notice the nice thatch roof on the beekeeper's house? I were with my trees laying smudge. Which just sounds gross. Yes. Then... <coughs> So first, alcohol is the devil's spit. Yes. Then it becomes foul ejaculate, <laughs> foul according to Gregor. ejaculate may be the subtitle for the episode. <laughs> and there's your answer for what the devil's other bodily excretions are. Yes. They're all alcohol. His spit is cider, and his ejaculate is the beast, which looks like pure grain alcohol. Oh, yeah. Because it's water, right? Yeah. <laughs> I... Love the scene where Gregor drinks the hooch. I love it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Asterisk, I know that people have alcohol addiction problems, and I know it's really horrible. That's not what this is about. 
No, they kind of make fun of it. They make fun of him because he's so supercilious about yes. it. Yes. If he was like, I have a problem and I, I work on it every single day and he was humble, that would be one thing. But he's not, so he gets it. And any alcoholic would probably just pour that out. It and wouldn't be good. It wouldn't but be But apparently good. the beast is his hooch of choice. Quite the hooch. They find Peter's car, his phone, his briefcase, the Swedish bank account, Swiss bank accounts, and the waiting cane. Yes. With his blood on it. Yes. Now, he was killed by the shaker. Yes. Did somebody hit him with the cane? Yes. Remember, to frame the French, Mm. not the entirety of the French people, but one French in particular. Devereux. They smeared his blood on the cane and then had the French touch it when he was... Oh, I, then they put it in his hand. Yes. So, they're in the woods. Yep. They kill Peter. Yes. They get blood on... They bring the stick with them. Yes. They get blood on the stick. Yes. They take the stick back to the pub. Yes. Put it in Devereux's hand, carry it back out to the woods, and drop it. Yes. Oh, these guys are... Hiking all over the place to find Well, you know, they have a tractor. They're used to tromping up and down the hill, I guess. There is no mystery as to who this is. I don't know why they, they, like Barnaby and Jones wander around like, who could it be? Hmm, maybe it's Esme. No, it's that big crowd of awful men over there. That's, I think, what throws them off, is it's not one person. Yeah. It's one bad guy and his toadies. They're all dressed in t-shirts that (laughs) say. The revenue man came to Midsummer Ababas, and all he got was shaken to death. <laughs> that is a t-shirt idea. Midsummer Ababas, where you can get shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Do you know, did you find out how much those cost? No. The super big ones? Mm-hmm. The ones with the conveyor belts and everything? Over a hundred grand. Yeah, I can believe it. More than a freaking house. Just imagine how much labor cost that saves yeah. you. Shake him and shake him. How many people would you need climbing up into trees, picking stuff, if you didn't have that? It pays for itself, I'm sure, real quick. Why is the French sick? Okay. Anthony Devereaux, played by Patrick Reichardt. Yes. He may be the best squinty, constantly drunk actor I've ever seen. he That's what he is. He is perfectly sauced yes. all the time. Well, that's why he only won second place he in looks, the Midsummer Agricultural <laughs> Show. He looks confused, grumpy, half asleep, and squinty all the time, <laughs> but manages to keep on his tweeds. He is fantastic. He's great. And I, I love the scene where he sends... Um, uh, Alice home from the office. Yes. He's like, why don't you take the day off? And she's like, why? And he goes, because I said so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you're not up to anything, are you, Mr. Nope. Devereaux? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and his flask looks like a cologne bottle. Yeah, it does. I kept thinking he was drinking cologne. <laughs> But he's got the beast in his flask all the time. The antlers are in the church, which weirds me out. Yeah. It's not right. I have in my notes right now, the antlers are in the church. That's weird. (laughs) We are of one mind. Yes. I just don't think you should have dead things in the church. So we find out that Esme is married to the revenue man. Mm Mm-hmm. And... That Reverend Walker married them in secret. Yes. Now, he's not a priest. No. So that's an Anglican church, it right? Is. Yes. But he dresses like a priest. And he makes reference to the 669 papal edict. Yeah. So Gregor follows the Pope? I think so. But but he's not Catholic. No, he's not Catholic. <laughs> Certainly when he becomes Hulk Gregor. Yeah. (laughs) And I still don't know why the kids don't don't go to school for three days. Well, okay. So that's a farm thing. When it's harvest time, yes. When it's planting time, maybe. But not in May. 
No. That is a bad time. I mean, you're not doing anything in May. Yeah. Unless they've got the kids out heavy breathing on the trees to make sure they don't freeze up. There's no reason for kids to be out of school then. I remember kids missing school because of harvest, but not... Not in May. Not in May. Yeah, I don't get it. The planting. The planting of the devil's ejaculate. (laughs) They rot by their own corruption. I have a note here that I don't understand, and if you can't figure it out, we'll cut this part out. Okay. It says, follow the sock. Because Barnaby's throwing his sock for Sykes, who does not care. that's right. I'm like, follow the sock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He throws the sock. So Devereaux is doing this tax fraud thing. It's called drawback fraud. Yes. And they know he's doing it because every month he takes a cab to Heathrow and he flies to Geneva. Yeah. Do you understand how that works? Okay. So as it's explained, and I'm not sure if... Are you saying you only know what's in the episode? Because I know more. Okay. Okay. Tell me how it actually works. So let's say that the U.S. charges a dollar in taxes on on imports of alcohol. Okay. Okay. But England only charges 50 cents. Okay. So I make alcohol in the United States. Yes. I send it to England and I pay the 50 cents. Yes. And when I import it back into the United States, I go, no, no, I don't have to pay a dollar. I already paid my 50 cents over there and the U.S. gives me my 50 cents. Why? They pay you the difference. To encourage trade. That clearly is a way to A, launder money, and B, scam the government. Okay, but there's a bigger problem with what the French is doing here. Okay. Because what he's doing is he's sending alcohol to Switzerland. Okay. And then re-importing it back into England. Okay. But he just flies to Geneva. Okay. So does he fill the plane with liquor? And take it with him? I don't know. It, it's all kind of like explained by a drunken man slurring and never really... Like, I, 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 uh, I got to make all my deposits in person in Switzerland. <laughs> and I can't drive anymore, so I have to take a taxi. Smudge pot. <laughs> I got a bonfire. I need to drink some more. Yeah. <laughs> you went all pirate there. I, I don't understand why he has to go to Geneva to deposit the money. All this stuff can happen on paper. It doesn't, you don't have to go anywhere to do it. But yeah, what you're supposed to say is I only paid 50 cents over there, but, but now the import tax is a dollar. So let me give you the other 50 cents to make up for the difference. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do. We have a revenue man. Okay. We got a secret marriage. We got bees. Mm -hmm. We got a... Maple dancing. Maple dancing. We got tree shaker. We got all this good stuff. And suddenly we go left from there. Yeah. Like crazy. There is no mention of this weird stag tradition in the beginnings of the episode. Nope. Nothing. It suddenly veers off into Ickland. So Silas, who is the hooch maker, yes. has an alibi for when Peter was killed because the apples, the apple blossoms didn't freeze. Yeah. So clearly he was actually out laying smudge. Yes. That makes no sense whatsoever. No, it Because doesn't. everybody else was laying smudge. Yes. Silas didn't have to do it. And plus the guy was killed where they were laying smudge. So being there doing it kind of makes you part of the crime. You were there. There is that. But the other thing is that, so Sam Yuck Quested knows that the French is working this fraud. Yeah. Because his daughter works for him and gets him the information. So he frames him. He's like, oh, you've been arrested. And her secret name is Goldfinger. Goldcrest. Gold ejaculate. <laughs> Goldcrest. Gold smudge. And so he goes to... Gold smudge. The French in jail and says, I've got a signed affidavit from everybody saying that you were passed out. So why don't you give me your business? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why the French doesn't go, no. Yeah, because... Because all they have... My on, fingerprints are on a stick. That's not how he died. Yeah, like... So I didn't do it. If the French has been embezzling money for years, which he has been, he should have some money. He can afford a good lawyer. Any lawyer's going to go, it's them with the t-shirts. Yeah. 
them that drives the shaker did it. Yeah. Not the drunk guy who can't even drive to the airport on his own. No. When the French is in jail, though, he's like, I need the beast. Somebody give me a drink. I need the beast. And in, I need the beast. But in my head, Silas is the beast because he makes it, you know? <laughs> So it's like the French is like, Silas, I love you. I need you, Silas. Give me the beast. And then when Gregor drinks it, he becomes the beast. Please share your follow missions. <laughs> I need the beast. Give me devil's spit. Well, Sam's not really the French's friend or he would have brought him some hooch. You think? He would have slipped him some hooch. Yep. Again. There are people with alcohol problems who struggle every day who are courageous heroes. Yes. Okay? Yes. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. Not talking about that. No. So, let's frame this up, okay? Yep. When it takes the left turn, because I agree with you completely. Yeah. So, Sam's plot... Like, it's a record scratch left turn. I know. So, Sam's plot is to kill the revenue man. Yep. So, he takes out Slim Shady... And frame the French, right, for it, so that he can get the orchard. Yes. And, and he the press. says it's because the revenue man was an outsider. But it's really to get the farm. Yeah, it's it's all it's it's all it's for all his greed. own greed, right? Yeah. Okay. He's killed the revenue man. Yes. The Reverend's not dead yet, but he's killed the revenue man. Things are going well for his plot. And he sends smudge and pot to go kill the preacher. Wilberforce is his name. Wilberforce. and Wilberforce. <laughs> and then he suddenly thinks, you know what this needs? Sexual some, assault. Some inter-village sexual assault. Hmm. Why does he decide that that needs to happen? I don't know. Because if he just wanted to sleep with Chloe, I think she would have. I think he could have just well, put I the moves on Chloe. I don't think he wants to sleep with Chloe. That's, That's right. He wants her daughter. Yeah. He wants Esme. Yeah. Because Esme married an outsider. See, that that is a truthful depiction of the rape impetus of rage. Yes. He is angry at her. Because she's done something that he doesn't approve of. It is not a sexual feeling he has for her. He didn't give a, her permission. A dominance anger feeling okay. towards her. But the other publican, Will, yes. is just as bad. Because he goes after Alice. Really? I say... But she climbs out a window. Good I, for her. I tell people that at a party, an acoustic guitar is an asshole detector. Mm -hmm. There is one better asshole detector in the world. Antlers? And that is an antler hat. <laughs> you got an antler hat, you're an asshole. So Will is kind of funny. His antlers are attached to a baseball hat. Yes. Right? But when Sam gets kitted out, he's got a leather hood oh, with antlers so on it. Oh, it's so gross. But it's got a Velcro chin strap. <laughs> and that kind of ruins it. It's but like, they, I think they put leather squeaky sounds in the Foley for him. Oh, definitely. Because he's like. Definitely. And those furry vests, like, he is so unsexy once he puts that on. Like, he's not an attractive man in the first place. But that actor knows that. He works it. He plays that character. He's um that's uh, Warren Clark. And if you've if you've not seen DL and Pasco, you should watch a couple episodes. He's really good in that. He's fantastic. He's not evil in that. No. <laughs> it's a cop show. Yeah. He's really great. But I think Warren Clark knows he can play that role. Yeah. And when he puts that thing on, it is full on bad guy. It is full on bad guy, but I watch carefully. Because when we were kids, we watched this movie called Legend. Mm -hmm. It's got Tim Curry and Tom Cruise in it. Yes. And that movie is beautiful to look at. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. And Tim Curry's makeup as the devil is fantastic. Yep. But when he walks, his horns bounce. Yes. <laughs> and it is distracting and goofy Once and you comical. notice it, it ruins it. You cannot it. look away. And I noticed they show very few show. Very few shots of him walking because I imagine those horns bounced like yo-yo. You know, I don't know because when he walks into the pub, he hits them on the ceiling and they clank. 
Well, that could be Foley too. Yeah, but it sounds like wood on wood kind of yeah. sound. I I believe it. I think I don't know if they're real, but I don't think they're foam. So the idea is this: to promote genetic diversity mm-hmm. on a special night in May. Yes, a Beltane night. Beltane. Beltane. You keep wanting to call it Beltane. <laughs> a Beltane night. Yes. The men from one village put their car keys in a bowl. <laughs> And go no, to, they basically run to the other village. They run to the other village <laughs> and they find welcoming wives of the other villagers. Mm-hmm. They, it's a giant wife swap. And yeah. wife swap is a horrible term anyway. Yes. It is It is this notion that these women, first of all, no woman would come up with this, no. agree with this. Even if your husband was, especially if your husband was the worst person in the world, you would want nothing to do with men, especially some strange man. Never mind the fact that your husband is in the other village having sex with another woman. Yes, but I do agree with what happens here. And I bet you this is why all those things died out fairly quickly was because women would get overlooked for their daughters. Yeah. And the women said, oh, we're not doing that anymore. No. Especially your unmarried daughter. Yeah. Because now she's going to have a kid. You've ruined her life. Yeah. It's just horrific. Now, if you've already got five kids and then you do the the big horn stag night and you end up with a sixth kid, it could be your husband's. It could be somebody else's. I think Chloe may have some other kids. But (laughs) if you're an unmarried girl, that doesn't work so well. No, the the whole thing is it's just not a free for all. Horrific, you know. And anything you read about these fertility rights of stuff like that, it's always folklore and not real stories. They try to soften it in this episode, yeah, by making it look like the women are at the door going, "Oh, hey, yeah, this is fun," oh, you my know. Gosh, those women must have showered for ten days but after doing I, that acting job. I would have been behind the door with every lock locked. I'm sorry. Yeah. No way. And if you went, you're done. You're not coming back. You're not getting back in the house. I'm sorry. It's it's scary. No. When he comes up those scare those stairs, he's scary. Yeah, he is. And he's he's he is intent on rape. Yeah. It's not good. No. I did look at some fertility rights though. Are they more fun than this? Well, I, I, this is my favorite one. Okay. Which is... Give us something fun. Okay. Do you know anything about the CERN Abbas giant? The only CERN I know is the is the uh, Hadron Collider. No, no. So, <laughs> I don't so, think it's that. So this it's is in England. It's sexy, though. The Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> this is... Okay. So in England, in parts of England, in Dorset, mostly, uh-huh. there's hills. And underneath the hills is this... Deep chalk stuff. Right. Right. Um, the That's Uff- why there's the big horse. The Uffington horse. And the big man. Because they're they're just cleared out for the chalk. The 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 man is called the Cern Abbas Giant. Okay. And he has two clubs. He has one in his hand and, and one between his legs. Yes. <laughs> it's ginormous. That is clearly a fertility symbol. Yes. And it's well documented that people came to that giant especially on their wedding days yeah and it was in the a hopes place, of having kids it was a yeah. place to get married yeah. having lots of kids was seen as a very good thing right so that that's a fertility right i can get behind you let's can, you can get behind the giant chalk penis let's go look at the giant chalk penis <laughs> and be inspired to have some kids yes okay uh, i actually saw this thing on one time i went to england and it's remarkable <laughs> Yeah, isn't it like a mile if you walk around it? Yeah, it's it's huge, it's humongous, and <laughs> wow, the inner track is big too. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Well, you can't get anywhere near it. It's a protected site, yeah. right? So, I, you know, I've got no problem with. But any... can you imagine that in in the United States, <laughs> a giant George Washington naked, yeah, on a mountain in in. Montana. Yeah. With a giant it it is not dude's ready to party. It's up. Yeah. Yeah. He is he's ready so to it, go. So if instead of Mount Rushmore it was just like big penises carved into a cliff and and honeymooning couples went there that would be very strange. Yes, never happening in America. No, 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 no. There would be a thousand Gregors there chanting. <laughs> 
devil spit. Get out of here. It's just bad. I just thought it was interesting. It's CERN Abbas. Yeah, it's another Abbas. Yeah. I think they probably certainly nodded towards that. It made me wonder why we haven't seen a giant... Like, we've seen stone circles. Mm-hmm. We've seen comic book conventions. We've seen bicycle races. We've seen lots of stuff. But we've not seen a huge chalk drawing. And there are lots more of them yeah. than just the Uffington horse and the well, Cern and, giant. And we've seen um, mounds. Yeah, we've seen mounds, right? Too. Time teams all over the show. Yes, they but... should. They should have an episode. <laughs> maybe they considered it and they thought back to this episode and went, "Let's leave it." Yeah, maybe. Let's leave it. How long do you think it takes to get from one village to the other on foot? Four and a half days, <laughs> up a mountain and then down a mountain. When the men leave and... Abbas to go to Hearn, it's daylight. I'm like, why are they doing this in daylight? And I gotta say, the but men... it's dark by the time they get there, and by the time Sam goes into Esme's house, it's midnight. Yeah. The clock is chiming midnight. At least the men from Hearn have this, oh, they have a special thing. What is it called? Oh, conscience. No, no, no. <laughs> they get too drunk to go up the hill, That's and so true. they go home. <laughs> There's one guy puking on the hill. He's only on his side of the hill, this and he's already so drunk. There's a lot of puking in it. Yes. And... Doesn't being super drunk kind of get in the way of being the big chalk man? It's not what you want. I mean, That's I would think sure. that would kind of reduce the performance on Stag Night. Nothing maybe. says, nothing <laughs> says, I'm going to open up my door and allow you to have sex with me. Like, it's old smudge pot. <laughs> yeah, who just barfed in the bush and now he's here to kiss me. Ooh, baby. The whole thing looks incredibly silly. And I think they mean it to look silly. That looks silly. But when they pull Sam off of Esme, it's not silly. It is. And when when he comes out in the street and they have him handcuffed and the other hooligans come out with their guns, it's not silly. No, it is. That is. They do a good job of showing you how silly patriarchy is Mm -hmm. and then how dangerous it is. Yeah, because Wilberforce and Smudgepot have shotguns. Yep. And they're willing to kill cops. They're, they are willing to kill Barnaby and Jones, cover it up. Yep. And they expect all those other witnesses to go along with it. Yeah. It is privilege and patriarchy. That's right why there. I'm saying this is not typical Midsummer. No. Midsummer, Abbas, and Hearn are somewhere in the deep south in the swamp. I don't know where they're supposed to be. But there are other not... characters from other episodes who would go, uh, no. Um, excuse me, sir. I don't think that's proper etiquette behavior. So I have a question. How did the first person die? Um, he got shaken to death. Okay. And then the priest gets killed. The reverend gets killed with a couple of farm implements. They, okay. like, hit him on the head with a scythe or something. Then why does one of the people in the village go... We don't need any more shootings here. Because there are other bodies that they've hidden before. I guess. (laughs) I don't know who they are, but they're all covering it up. I was like, shootings? What shootings? Both of these villages need a good look at. Yeah. A really close look at. Barnaby is so brave here. Oh, very brave. You know the shotgun's going to go off. You just hope that it's up. Yeah. If I was one of those villagers, like if, if I was Alice, I would be on the ground, flat on my stomach. They're wrestling over a loaded shotgun. Yeah. It's going to go off. People in the crowd are laughing. Yeah. Let's laugh as we kill a cop. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Then do you know the beast I, and the bee man come out and I, set him straight? I don't understand why Silas ha- helps them here. Because it's like we're missing a scene where Silas finds God. Because hooch is one thing, but murder is something different. I think so. And I just don't think he's going to have it. Yeah. And when he punches Wilberforce, I'm like, you go, beast. Yep. <laughs> Kapow. Takes him out. And they explain how the di- deaths happen, and he says, I'm the master of the stag, and then he's get puts in a car, and it's all over. Yeah, the end. Scene. <laughs> I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, okay, this is over. Good. Done. Like, first of all. We made it. Okay. Let's just imagine. Okay. We'll put on our imaginary caps. And I'm a young woman who lives in Hearn, because this takes place in Hearn. Yes. And I have fancy a man from Midsummer Abbas, mm-hmm. but he's married. Mm-hmm. So we're talking on the down low. Mm-hmm. And I say, but that night 
you can come to my house. Mm-hmm. We can finally be together. This is horrific. It's not a love story. It's not romantic. I'm not saying that. Those people are having sex while they're shooting going on outside. Never mind that it hasn't happened in 60 years. Yeah. So nobody who's actually involved in this was alive the last time it happened. No. I don't Except know. Except maybe the B guy. I don't know why Chloe... The, it is more problematic women. I don't know why Chloe's interested in him. I don't know why Chloe is so hot to trot. Man, when he pushes past her and slams the door. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. That oh, no. that I liked because it showed how horrible the peri- yes. men are. Yes. Right? Like, and, it's all fun and games until somebody's actually doing what they want. Yeah. And then it's not fun anymore. Yeah. On that note, I have good movies for you. Well, horrible movies for you. So we should do Best Corpse. Okay. <laughs> nice corpse. Okay. Who is your best corpse? Um, I'm going with Peter because we see him underwater. We see him underwater and with his face out. And he doesn't move at all. Nope. The we Reverend. S- we see him very quickly, the Reverend. Yeah, it's just a small shot. Yeah. What? Like, that's that's what I hate about the episode. I have difficulty trying to convince my friends to go to Dairy Queen for me. They're certainly not going to commit murder for me. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't just call up old Smudge Pot and say, who will kill this troublesome vicar for me? They were, they, they were like, oh, me, 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 I guess Mr. We gotta, Cotter, me. I guess we gotta go. Come on, Wilberforce. It's just that there's so many problems with that part of it. There's so many problems with the motivation, and it, it's not a midsummer mystery at all. No. So Peter is definitely best corpse. Yes. After the credits. Well, I hope that Alice takes over the pub. Yes. So she doesn't have to do five jobs anymore. Also, maybe her mother comes back because her husband's a horrible man, but he's in jail now. Yeah, yeah. Samuel Smudgepot Wilberforce, jail, jail, jail. Yes, and the French. Yep, French goes to jail. He's going to jail. Uh, it, Silas I, stops his hooch making. I or think at least Silas he, could probably get a deal. Yeah, agrees to give up his still. Uh, Will Green, I think, maybe attempted sexual assault. He might be going to prison, too. I don't know. She gets away. He didn't touch her. I guess. But what's going on with Grigor? So... I think the, the Greys keep Grigor in a cage from now on. <laughs> they charge people to come look at him? Yeah, because oh. Father Gregor just isn't who they thought he was. And well, so I think the church is going to well, break up. Evelyn Gregor is, gets a name. At yeah. Least. The children get no names. Or well, there's, there's Prudence. Yes. <laughs> the one that he tries to grab. Yes. So you know she's not his daughter. Well, That's I don't at least know. one person who's not his kid. I don't know. He's under the spirit of the beast. He's in beast mode. Beast mode. He'll grope his daughter. Oh, oh gosh. Can we oh. stop? I mean, can we be yeah. done with this episode yet? Wait a minute. I'm going to squint and be drunk. I'm Anthony Devereaux. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Mom, Mom, I Got a Part. Which is, there's a guy in this episode from Mom, Mama Got Apart who plays a taxi driver who's in like five other episodes. He's in The Dagger Club, Incident at Cooper Hill, Curse of the Ninth, and Send in the Clowns. Atul Sharma. He is a serial extra on Midsummer. Yeah, and good on you, dude. Good yeah. on you. He plays a UFO a guy in Enthusiast. one of the episodes. Yep, one of the episodes. I think the bee guy uh, raises some more bees. Yeah, lives in his little thatched cottage. It's nice, except for the fence. Makes honey. 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 Honey, I got some movies for you. Okay. Are you ready, honey? They're horrible. Okay, let's do the horrible movies. This movie is terrible. Ha, I bet Mark's seen it. Okay. I thought we would have fewer of these with the new episodes, but when you when you have an episode like this one that actually has some older actors in it, yes. they've made some bad choices in the past. Okay. And they've made some movies that they probably shouldn't have. Okay. But you've probably seen them. Okay. Okay. This one is from nineteen eighty two. Okay. And Warren Clark, who's play who plays Sam Quested, is in it. Okay. The tagline is 
the most devastating killing machine ever built. His job? Steal it. The Soviets have developed a revolutionary new jet fighter. Oh, this is called... Is this Firefox? Yes. Yes, this is Firefox. This is a Clint Eastwood movie. Yes. And I saw this in the movie theater. Oh, my gosh. Warren Clark plays, plays Pavel Apunskoy. So, yeah, He's a he, Russian. He plays a Russian a lot. Yes. Uh, so in 82? So I would have been 13 when I saw this movie. Yep. I saw it in the movie theater. They send ex-Vietnam War pilot Mitchell Gant. Played by... Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. On a covert mission into the Soviet Union to steal the Firefox browser. Every time I load up <laughs> Firefox, I think of that movie. Wow. That's a point for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought he's seen it, but he won't remember it. That's what I was hoping for. Oh, no. But no, you got it. No, no. The other two are totally mine. Okay. okay. I'm calling it right now. Okay. They are mine. 1980. Warren Clark is in this one, too. Okay. Sam Quested is in this one, too. He plays a character called Scar. Okay. With the aid of his companions... A man seeks to defeat his evil brother, who has taken a nun hostage. I'll even give you that Jack Palance is the villain in this movie. Oh, what is this called? The gears are turning. Oh. <laughs> I've seen this movie, but I don't know what it's called. It's called Hawk the Slayer. Hawk the Slayer. <laughs> yes. 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 This is Hawk the Slayer. It's like a fantasy movie. Yes. And his brother has taken a nun hostage, yes. and he and his merry band of magical people yes. have to go rescue her. I remember that there was stuff from this movie on cereal boxes. Hawk the Slayer. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give you half, because you knew that movie. You just couldn't remember it. Yeah. But the last one, there's no way you're going to get no it. No way. 1997. Okay. And Stephen Marcus, who plays Silas, otherwise known as The Beast... Yes. In this episode is in this movie. Okay. A New York City cosmetologist, mistakenly thought to be a science teacher, is offered a job to teach the children of an Eastern European dictator. Oh. Okay. Is Kevin Klein in this movie? No, it's not Kevin Klein. Oh. <laughs> I, I, this movie has a, the main actor is a comedian that it's, it's like a, a Tootsie kind of role. No, no. no. Okay, I don't know what this is. It's the beautician and the beast. The, oh, oh no! The beautician and the beast. <laughs> the 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 beautician is played by uh, that horrible woman, Fran Drescher, Fran Drescher, and Timothy Dalton is the is the Easter. Have you seen this? Yes. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> you watched the beautician and the beast on cable. On cable. I don't care. That's two hours you will never get back. You watched this movie. I can't believe I remember that. You movie. might need help. <laughs> the Beautician and the Beast. Oh, my God. With Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton. Wow. <sighs> On that note, I think we're done with this episode. Let's just be done. <laughs> can't believe you watched that movie. I just can't believe. I cannot believe you watched that movie. Okay, a couple of things. We gotta <laughs> I'm cover. in shock. I'm we, sorry. We got to cover some business here. Got to go lay all, some smudge and get over if it. If you have ideas for new merchandise for the new Barnaby series, send them along. Please send them along. We got a good one. Just I today. will send you cookie cutters. Yes, they're really awesome. Yep, we've got some food safe PLA to put in the 3D printer so I can print them off for you. I think the one we got today, even though we probably won't use it, we'll probably send her some cookie cutters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said we were hilarious. And she gave us an idea. Hilarious. Hilarious. Second of all, we may... Well, first of all, we have to thank the Lorman again. Yes. They were absolutely that fantastic. That was so much fun. And we released some exclusive content on YouTube this week. Mm -hmm. A little um, a Midsummer Maniac short. Not a short like a YouTube short. With our faces. Our faces are Ooh, on there. So if you want to so know what we look like. <laughs> yeah, that's what we look like. And at least three people said, you don't look anything like I thought you did. And I said, what do you... What did you look, think we look like? And they go silent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we thought you'd be pretty. You are pretty. Oh, shucks. Thanks. I'm an old man. 
The Loremen are handsome smarty pants. Yes, and we will have another Loreman short out next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So after this episode drops on Monday and then the following Wednesday, we will have another Loreman shot short on exclusively on YouTube. on YouTube. Yes. Just to remind you, we're trying to get some more um, subscribers on YouTube and so you that guys we can have been doing great. Build up that uh, yeah. count there so we can have a community there. And we are going to have more special guests coming up very soon. We'll keep it a secret. Who for are now. also hilarious. Hilarious. And uh, will cause us to do more shorts too. Yes, I think so too. Absolutely. We could have done a thing. I, I noticed this when I was going through the Zoom with the Lorman. We could have easily done two minutes of us all laughing. Just laughing. Just laughing. We had so much fun. They were a blast. <laughs> they were absolutely fantastic. I want to thank Alistair and James again. They were just amazing. They were great. And and the next special guests will be great too. Yes. You can find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email at Midsummer Maniacs. Uh, we also are on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn. And oh, by the way, if if you're if you're an Acorn subscriber, you should be watching some Wistable Pearl. It's good. It's it's romantic and solves crimes. Yeah, I yes, like it. It's very good. And and the subreddit where we find all sorts of other ma- maniacs. Remember to like, subscribe on YouTube, and hit the bell. Remember the next episode is season fourteen, episode seven. The Sacred Trust. Nuns. Nuns. Jones as a nun. (laughs) To stay away from the devil's excretions. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. had an itch and my mic Sarah was attacked by the microphone. Well, it is kind of rigged over here. Yeah. Okay, you gotta stay. Got a dumbbell on it. (laughs)